0: It's Pasta Vazool, baby.
1: Come on in.
0: Hello Screamers! Welcome to the uh, Scream Until You Like It podcast. I know a lot of you have been uh, part of the uh, Facebook group up till now. Here uh, I'm Clint Neelius today. That's a nod to the movie that we're going to uh, talk about. Uh, Normally I do the Hammondville Horror Hangout and uh, Podcast. Uh, Mike, Evil Mike, is with me today. Um, He is, of course... um, the patron saint of scream until you like it. He is um <laughs> the guy who's who started the page. So if if you're following the page, you probably know who Mike is and uh we decided we wanted to get together and do some classic films. Um at least to start off with, maybe a few other things going down the road like maybe talking about some haunted attractions and and other cool things that we might like to go see. Um but for now we're going to start with movies. Um and this is actually kind of going to be a journey for me. Um like I don't know. There isn't a huge age gap between the two of us, Mike, but you're a little older than me and you've had more exposure to some of these classic films than I did. I mean, I kind of go back to, I'd say the seventies is, is probably generally the, the, the limit of how far back I went. I know you went back a bit further than that to like sixties and fifties. And Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, um, where, where your love for classic movies came from.
1: Well, like I said, I had this nephew, this conversation with my nephew yesterday, and I was explaining to him because he's ten years old. And I said, when I was a kid, I was born in '72, so even when I watched mm-hmm. this movie, which came out in '68, I was watching it on a rerun. Uh huh. When I was a kid, there was no cable, no VCRs, no nothing. So, and on so Saturdays when they put old movies on, Planet of the Apes, Godzilla movies. It was stuff that, you know, and if you missed that that Saturday movie, you probably weren't going to see that for another few months. Maybe you would catch it again. But if you weren't there, I said, mm-hmm. when Planet of the Apes was on, you know, my ass was there in front of that TV. It couldn't be anywhere else. There was no DVR <laughs> in it. There was no...
0: Right, and right. I,
1: and I also told them, I said, when I remember as a kid, like I said you didn't have a choice. So like, even if you didn't know what a movie was about, you didn't have much going on. So you put on whatever the Saturday movie was or, and when Planet of the Apes came out and I've told you many times, I was a chicken shit as a kid. (laughs) I was scared. It's the apes scared me, but at the same time I was like mesmerized. I was like, Uh especially when they talked and, they had rifles and they were, I was like, this is, it's like, I'd be scared shit. Like, and I'll be honest. They did scare me, but I was like, this Uh is also fucking badass." I was like, these apes are running around with rifles and treating humans like pets and stuff. I was like, this is great (laughs) shit. And the rest is history. So, yeah. And it's been one of my favorite franchises since I'm a kid. Yeah.
0: Uh, How old do you think you were when you saw it the first time?
1: I probably had to watch it maybe 77, 78. I had a like that's my earliest remembrance of it. Cuz okay. I remember even after that I had the toys. Yeah. I had everything, the apes, the Mego dolls, the horses. Mm-hmm. It was
0: so maybe like, may like...
1: Mind of the apes was like everything to me as a kid. So you were like it 6
0: was... or 7 years old and, and... And, and watching this nobody were afraid of it jesus Christ.
1: no and, but that's the thing it was one of the few things that like there were movies i saw and it was like fuck that i'm never watching that again
0: uh-huh.
1: but i mean as scared as i was of the apes i was like they had cool toys and the, the treehouse set and everything that like the i was like you can't not like, get involved in it i was like
0: <laughs> now that sounds that sounds awesome i mean uh yeah my my experience uh with classic films was a, a little less remarkable than that like like we didn't go anywhere uh to see movies uh, it, uh except on occasion so like um and if we did uh it was usually like heading out to one of our local drive-ins um i grew up in the carlisle pennsylvania area and we had a place up the road uh i guess in the silver spring area it's called a silver spring Drive-in. it's no longer there that one's gone but they'd show like you know two or three movies um oh hell i can't even remember what we went to see it might have been uh at one point we might have seen et there another time i i i know we yeah, saw a crocodile yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know you love that one yeah <laughs> 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 i know we saw a crocodile dundee there um so that that puts you in the time frame because that that thing was in the theater circuit for a long time before oh, yeah. it actually before it actually went to video so like they kept rerunning it like at the drive-ins and we kept going back to see it, which, uh, which was kind of strange for some reason, that movie really resonated with my parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I saw that in the movie, but th- yeah. those are the type of movies I would yeah. go see
1: with my mm-hmm. parents. Yeah. My dad didn't like horror movies. He was a John Wayne guy, a Western guy, an army movie guy. He loved Elvis. Oh, okay. So we had no, so if I wanted to watch any of that crap, I had to watch it. Like my mom usually worked on Saturdays and my dad was. So I was with my grandparents every weekend because mm-hmm. they live right up the block. And so I look forward to whatever was thrown at me on the TV on whatever that Saturday movie was. That's what I was watching.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. Now, we um uh, our most prized possession in our house was probably the VCR when we got one of those oh. like top top loaders in like the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm I'm pretty sure it was it was probably uh, uh, a hand me down from like my grandparents or we bought a refurbished one or something like that. There's no way we pay full price for one. There's oh. no way. Um, but it uh, it was one of those that had like the little remote. Like if you're recording something, you could like I just click had it. a
1: pause and stop. Just a pause. A pause, and pause. And play. That was it. Yeah. And it had my my first VCR had a wire to wasn't even a cordless remote.
0: Yeah. It had yeah. A... That's that's what this was. Yeah. And, and that was just pause. That's all it did. And it was for when you're recording something off TV and you want to cut out your commercial breaks. So you hit your pause whenever it goes to commercial and then and then flip it the other way to, to resume. Um, yeah. But I watched so many things on VHS. Um, they would record hundreds of movies off of TV. Um, my grandfather oh, was time. probably. Yeah, my grandfather had an HBO pres- a subscription for a long time and he recorded everything he could record we off HBO. Too. We'd borrow his tapes. Cause he'd like keep a list of all the movies that he had. Oh, so my it was, d-
1: that's it. My dad, he was, yeah. it was like a drug to him. It was like, yeah. he was on a new drug. He was like, he even got to the point where, I mean, later on, he even figured out he could rent movies. He bought another VCR uh-huh. and we just record them. <laughs> but there was a there was a point where it was like when it was a new thing to him. If he was working, there was like a movie he wanted to watch. He was like, "This movie's coming on, tape it and take the commercials out." And I was like, "What?" I was like, I was <laughs> like "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "Yeah, take the commercial." And what I would do is like I would start maybe get it like the, and then I would put it on the commercial and pause it and I would forget to put it back on. <laughs> go to play the movie and like it would have like twenty minutes of the movie and like that's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, hey, it serves a right for for ro- robbing you of your night and giving you a job. Yeah, I was like, I'm
1: not sitting through this crap. I was like, this movie sucked. Stupid army movie, you're making me watch.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I was like, deal so, with the commercials.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did the same thing. Uh, we, we'd we borrow VCR from somebody else, then we'd go rent stuff at the video store. Uh, so illegal, you know what I mean? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> as soon as they start putting all the copyright protection on stuff that ended, but I mean, but there for a little while, um, it worked pretty good. Um, but man, yeah, good times. Good times. I saw a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. But my dad was all over the place with the, the things that he liked. So we had, we had stuff. I could have watched anything I wanted. I could have watched, uh, you know, black and white films, you know, like, uh, like early stuff. I could have watched Elvis. I could have watched, you know, things like this. Um, Yeah, but the stuff we watched together was generally, you know, action films and like uh, westerns and things like that. And also,
1: if you bought a
0: videotape
1: back in the day, like
0: if you bought a movie, some movies were like $70.
1: Yeah, like like when they first came out, if you bought a movie, I remember we used to go to Crazy Eddie. Yeah, and that's where my dad was like, I ain't paying, you know, 60, 70 dollars for a movie. We'll just we'll just record it from somewhere like. Mm hmm. You know, it was yeah. like crazy.
0: <laughs> That's how I saw a lot of TV cuts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow. Um, well, we may as well kind of, I, I guess, jump into the movie um, a little bit. Um, of course, we're talking about Planet of the Apes from 1968, starring Charlton Heston, um, and, uh, Roddy McDowell, and uh, a few others. Let's see. Yeah. Um, like uh Kim Hunter, can't can't forget her, and of course, uh Maurice Evans. Uh th- those are the the four uh main characters that you follow throughout the uh yes the, the course of the movie. So I mean there's many other people in it, many other notable actors, many talented people uh came together sure. to do this. Um this was something that was kind of like unheard of at the time, you know. Um I know you got a few things prepared there you want to like go through. Just some general stats of the movie, or something like that. Yeah,
1: where the budget for this movie was the mm-hmm. budget was five point eight million.
0: Really, in sixty eight.
1: In sixty eight, wow. and it grossed thirty three point three million. Get out. And I just read recently that if you, with the money conversion to what the dollar value is today, that's still mm-hmm. a record holder from from uh, what from it like paid. a
0: profit standpoint. Yes, from okay. a
1: profit standpoint. You know, back then that was a record hold, but they said even if you convert the money to today's dollar value, it would still be a record holder.
0: Yeah. And that's not to mention all the the merchandising, because like um, I'm sure the studio retained the rights uh, for the merchandising for a long time. Um, And you said yourself you had action figures and and stuff like that uh, from Planet of the Apes. So imagine all the money they made on that. It's
1: not on screen, but I'm wearing. I, I dress for the occasion. I see it.
0: I see it. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. You know, I started watching that documentary. Um, that's that's on the the box set of the movies, and that's uh, the making of the Planet of the Apes. Um, and I I do recall on the the opening of that that um um they were recording what what was it the Malibu um s- state park or something like that um which used to be land that was owned by um, 20th Century Fox. And that's uh, yeah. where that's kind of where they used for a location uh, yes. to record a lot of these scenes. You know, some of it was probably studio stuff, you know, where? Oh, where yeah. They, yeah. But like a lot of the outdoor shots, they kind of did it in that in that large, you know, piece of land that they, they owned. Um, yes. At the studio. And, and that was really cool because I was interested. I was like, where the fuck you find a location like this? You know, and and I keep forgetting, you know, like out west, they just got some weird looking shit out there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all sorts of different terrain. And that's kind of what this was. It, it gave you the feeling of, of having like um, being kind of chaotic. Like, um, you know, you had ocean, you had canyon, you had. Yeah. Um, desert. You know what I mean? You had ju- just about anything that you could you could think of. You know, greenery, jungle almost. Um, oh, yeah. more, more forest, not really jungle, but I mean, it all kind of... There was just so many variations in the landscape of this movie that I was like, holy crap. You know, did they film this multiple places, or was it... Definitely. You know,
1: Actually, yeah. right here. They filmed in California, Utah, Arizona, with uh, sequences shot in... Lake Powell, Glen Canyon okay. National Recreation. So I mean, they were all over the place with this thing.
0: Okay, okay. So so this was a legit production. They <laughs> yeah. They they got multiple locations to get all the different kinds of shots they want because they they wanted you to to feel like you were on another planet. Yes. You know? Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I'd have to say I didn't see this movie until I was in my early twenties. OK, Um, I knew of it for a long time and I never really watched it. Um, And of course, it wasn't something that, you know, I watched with my dad because we, you know, it, it, I, I think he liked Chuck Heston, but he didn't, you know, like he wasn't like a super fan of his work. So it's not like yeah. we, we had him laying around everywhere and he's like, oh, ah, let's watch Planet of the Apes. You know, that never happened. Um, um I can't even think of a movie that we watched together uh, when I was growing up that had him in it. But, um, but he was probably the big name of this movie, um, and he was, uh, I, I think, pivotal in, in getting it made. Um, oh, big time! Yeah, because he was pretty—he was pretty powerful um, at that time in Hollywood. I mean, he'd done a bunch of stuff before, like you know, the Ten Commandments and Ben Hur. And well, that's what he's
1: noticed known for in my household. I mean, I grew up in okay. an Italian household, so you got to go with
0: Moses. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is kind of like like he really veered off the path of his career here to do something like yeah. this. I mean, sci-fi wasn't really something that he was really known for at the time. And then he seemed to just continue in that direction, didn't he? Yeah, because he, he did the Omega Man and yeah, Soylent yeah. Green and
1: yeah, Soylent Green. He, he yeah, out of the three ending they were like a couple of endings they were gonna go with. Uh And the ending they went with was Charlton Heston's decision. They went with that because that's what he wanted to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what the other two endings uh, were, but I mean, the one that they picked was probably the most impactful. Oh, big time. Yeah. Did, did they ever describe in any of the documentary information, what the, what the alternate endings were?
1: No. And I've actually looked, (laughs) it doesn't,
0: it's a secret. They'll never let it out. (laughs) Charlton Heston
1: said, "Bury those. We don't want to hear about them. This is the yeah. ending we're going with."
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Moses has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I don't know if we want to jump into where this movie opened up, but I mean, uh, you know, Charlton Heston for some reason is by himself in the in the cockpit of this uh, this space shuttle that they're in. I don't know how long uh, they've been on it at this point. I don't know if he woke up, you know, just to like have a conversation with himself to record it on the onboard yeah. recording system. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you catch a date on the clock. It's basically 3.26 of 26.73. And like I said, I don't know if he was asleep before that. He probably was. Um, it's and, well, and woke it's yeah, up yeah,
1: ship time. Was 7 14 1972? That was the actual time they were in, okay. And uh, yeah, they were going to they planned on going to Earth time three twenty three
0: twenty six seventy three. Oh, well, I guess I wrote that down wrong. Oops, they,
1: they ended up in in Earth time 11
0: 25 39 78. Yeah, that so they that overshot
1: their point by like over like by a thousand years
0: okay okay the only reason i got
1: that is because i paused the screen yeah on the spaceship (laughs) right i would have never caught that
0: and i was trying to do that too because i thought it was important to get those numbers right you know but they got a little muddy with the math and the calculations as as they went by so so the theory was that they were in a ship that was uh that was traveling you know uh, like on a six-month voyage, it was going to be doing like speed of light for like six months, something like that. Um, and I don't know if if they were going to like touch down on another planet. I'm not not really clear on what what the idea was. I think that's what it was. They were going to another inhabitable planet. Um, but supposedly, in this time, about 700 years was going to pass on Earth because, uh, although supposedly very supposed li-
1: to repopulate
0: yeah because they even yeah.
1: said the chick that i stewart in the there were three guys on one girl he said well stewart was supposed to be the new eve
0: yeah yeah i remember that he he pops out on them later when uh when they're having a conversation well he's he's having a conversation but yeah <laughs> um yeah so I, I wasn't quite clear uh i was pretty sure they were going to another planet um and, and that was kind of the idea. They were going to repopulate a new planet and basically save the human species because they had screwed up earth so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I got to nitpick something here. It's like he's having this conversation and recording it, and he's got a couple of questions for the future generations that might hear his, uh, his words, you know, even though he'll never get the answer, you know, And he's sitting there smoking a freaking cigar, (laughs) you know? and, And I'm like, isn't NASA like the, the one place, you know, that, that designs things to like never catch on fire in space. It's like, they would never want to fire inside of like a spaceship. And I'm like, there's no way that they would have been okay right? with him taking cigars with him and smoking in the middle of the cockpit.
1: And he even <laughs> put it down spaceship. like right on the counter.
0: He put it on the console. What yeah, was he...
1: He's just like, it's like holy crap. Well, that's what he's <laughs> figuring. He's like, everything's fireproof. It doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. You know. And so and he and he quits doing that. Um, and then he like um, he takes this syringe and he shoots himself up, and then he goes and he gets in his bed to go to sleep. I don't know what the hell he shot himself up with. I don't know if it was like a tranquilizer to go to sleep. Yeah. Or, or, oh, hell, I don't know. It could have been, you know, uh vitamins, could have been morphine. I don't know. They never tell you. It's just like, he just shoots up and he, and he goes and yeah, he gets really. in his bed. And,
1: and yeah. why did they have to sleep like they were getting in a coffin? Like, they were all like, like couldn't you just like sprawl out? I mean, you're going to sleep, but does...
0: Yeah, is there a protocol it, uh... that
1: you have to like look like.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the weird thing is they they had gravity inside this spaceship, so I mean, uh, at the yeah, very so least, yeah. So he was
1: strapped down. I mean, so let your arms flap around.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing was floating. I didn't see anything floating, um, but I don't know. Uh, it kind of looked like the the indent in his mattress was like shaped to his body. Yeah. So maybe that was to keep him from moving around while, he, while he's in this hyper sleep chamber or something like that. It's it like X, the original X memory pattern. phone. Basically, the, the next cut is them waking up while their ship is like on a course that's heading straight for water. I mean, they're basically mm-hmm. going to crash land. You know, they have no idea what's going on, they're completely disoriented. Somehow they survived the crash. Um, and, um, and they start like checking to see how each other's doing you know uh so far water hasn't come into the in into the inside of their ship yet um and they're checking on each other next thing they're like they they want to check on Stuart and they find out ah shit there's a big crack in the side of her sleep pod you know and um uh, and she looks like she's mummified like the you know fucking I mean? keeper yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> exactly, exactly. She looked terrible. Um, and I, I think later on that, um, you know, Charlton Heston's character surmised that she'd probably been dead about a year. Yeah, he um, didn't get too choked up about it. No, no, he he really didn't. He seemed to take everything like super well. I mean, yeah, like um, um, I don't know, like like a cowboy or something. Like yeah. nothing. The other guy was making a <laughs>
1: little memorial for her. Yeah, a little thing would have and he was like laughing at him. He was like,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, are you talking about the flag planting scene? Yeah, because because I didn't know if that was uh, if that was for her or or if that was kind of like, you know, when they landed on the moon, they planted an American flag. You know what I mean? Kind of like claiming the land for America. Yeah, because at that time there was a space race going on and we were basically just showing, hey, we were here first, you know yeah it could uh, be and, that, yeah,
1: you're probably and right. I, it's probably that. I figured maybe it was for,
0: yeah,
1: he planted like a little fake grave or something to, yeah, but either way, well, Charleston asked him was a douche and fucking laughed at him. We're going...
0: <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even a little bit. He'd had like a yeah, big belly start laugh to crack over that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> he he's like, fucking idiot, you know <laughs> so, so yeah, um best of their technology they got an inflatable raft man and they throw some backpacks in there and they take off down like the canyons so this must have been some of that uh that canyon uh scenery you were talking about one of the other yeah. locations that they filmed you know they end up on a rocky shore and they have a conversation about you know what kind of supplies they got and evidently they only got about 3 days worth of food you know and some test equipment and stuff like that I'm yeah. like, I'm like, what kind of fucking survival packs only give you three days worth of food, man? I mean, you should have like at least a week. A week. That's that's kind of my opinion on that. I'm like, these yeah, things right. suck. <laughs> I'm like, the
1: guy, the guy Dodge took out a Geiger counter.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Made sure no radiation, yeah, they, and they were like,
0: and that that was kind of the thing. Another point I was going to bring up, you know, with uh with these guys, it's like they seemed like unlikely astronauts you know what yeah, i mean dude. like they were shit talkers you know they were um uh just being dicks to one another like charlie yeah. heston specifically <laughs> taylor was being a dick to landon you know what i mean oh big and time and just try trying to get a rise out of him Dodge barely said anything at all. He was the only one that that I actually believed, you know, maybe could have been an astronaut because like, yeah, he was the scientific type. He was taking samples and he was testing stuff, making sure it was safe and there was no radiation, things like that. These guys are just like one's planting a flag. The other one's just, you know, just poking the bear the whole time, you know, (laughs) trying to get a rise out of them. Like, Jesus, Christ, it's like you guys had never made it through NASA. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) but but it's a hollywood production so we'll let that go um so there they made a point to say that uh orlando made a point to say that um taylor didn't get a chance to check the tapes so he didn't really know where they were Mm -hmm. and they were talking about and he's like ah some some planet near the constellation Orion, yeah, that close enough just, for you. It
1: was so <laughs> nonchalant about it, like, like dude, you don't know where the hell in time you are. He's like, he didn't care. He's like, oh,
0: I think he's just making it up, you know, yeah, you know, just to be more of a dick, you know, it's like, <laughs> be like, oh, somewhere near the belt of Orion. I mean, where else would we be, you know, where close else enough for be? you, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and. And he's like, you never got a chance to check the tapes. That all happened too fast. You don't know where we are, you know? Yeah. And and they kind of come to the conclusion, well, does it really matter? You know, and they feel like they've been um, probably, you know, they're, they're doing shitty math. Well, oh, we, we've got these big beards. You're going gray now. So as long as we've been going, <laughs> you know, and I, and I caught the clock on there. He's like, I've probably been out of here 2,000 years. Something like that. I'm like, yeah. holy shit, you know? It's like, so now, now we're just really confused because we don't really know how much time they were they were in there. Um. And um. So they uh they start off on their little trek there, and really they're just looking for life. So Any plants, kind of life. water, yeah, things like that, and um. Um, and I find it interesting that they kind of crossed the desert and the very first plant that they found, they just ripped it out of the ground. Yeah. (laughs) They're (laughs) like, oh, look, life, let's kill it. Let's just rip it out. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't even eat it. They were just like, oh, this is evidence that we're getting close. You know, maybe we can find some way to, to get around. And, um, um. Then they find the funky scarecrows. Yeah, the scarecrows. And I'm thinking at this point, all right. Shouldn't they be get a clue that maybe something hostile is ahead? It's you know I mean common sense.
1: Scarecrow in general, any way, shape, or form is to warn something off. So like what are these people warning off? Like so proceed with a little caution. They like didn't even like (laughs) well. (laughs)
0: yeah he makes some comment ah these scarecrows you know (laughs) I have no idea what what he was even saying about them but uh, but but they did go in a little further you know they ignored all the danger they completely were oblivious to the fact that they were being followed you know they had uh, what looked like humans on the rocks you know above them you know and it's like you'd think they'd be looking around I mean they were oblivious to that. They'd noticed nothing, you know. And and the weird thing was, even when they stopped, like they didn't even do things that made sense. Like they didn't even sit in the shade; they sat out in the dead sun, you know. What yeah. I mean? Which uh, I thought was really interesting. So it, it, I I don't know. I, I expect more out of movies now, I guess, because like I I want my characters to make decisions to make sense. But this was, you know. This was probably, you know, like, oh, well, we got better light if you sit in the sun. So probably. sit right there. Here's your mark. Sit there. We're going to record you. So um that's just a guess. But um they find uh I guess the hear a waterfall. Find that? Yes. Drop down and to it, find
1: When they saw the water, then it was like fuck the scarecrows, fuck everything. It's, you know.
0: Yeah, they're like we're 12 years old again. They're they're like <laughs> let's all get naked and <laughs> Go skinny dipping in this lagoon and
1: and another rule number one when you're jumping well if you're gonna skinny dip you keep your clothes nearby you never free because your clothes always get stolen by somebody or something
0: yeah 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 i just i just don't know why they they felt such uh such safety you know uh to to be able to to leave all their stuff unattended of course it all gets taken they go scrambling out of the water you know trying to You know, follow whoever took their stuff, and And they they find it.
1: They they all stand together, like in like (laughs) the biggest sausage party that planet has ever seen. (laughs) It's like, dude, you got to stay the ball naked. I was like, didn't you give each other like a foot? Like, I mean, like they were like right up there. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they clustered together. They touched tips. They knelt down. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> look Give look a... at the uh, footprints in this in the sand.
1: Like, Back up a few inches, bro. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but no, they made it weird and then they ran off after their stuff. <laughs> yeah, I liked how they found their uh like their their broken test equipment and, and uh you know Taylor picks up, like, whatever the hell that was, and he just dumped it. <laughs> like, all the shit <laughs> fell out of it. He's like, oh, well, this is broken. Dump. You yeah. Know? And uh, they they pulled together enough, like, cloth that they could at least, you know, cover themselves a little bit. And they just started following the humans. So, which was probably a smart idea, Now you know, now that I think of it. Because, you know, if there's other creatures around like you... And you follow them, well, they're going to lead you to important things that you need, you know, like food, water. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that, um, you know, they initially had any real plans to communicate with them. They just wanted to see what they were and where they were going. Um, and and that was probably the smartest decision I saw them make up to this point was was following the humans. Uh, yeah, really. And they made it to a field. Ended up eating some fruit that they were tossing down off of trees. You know, they're like, oh, man, this is awesome. You know, and and Taylor makes the biggest leap in assumptions because they hadn't even attempted to communicate with one yet. I think they're he's, mute. Yeah. And I'm like, goes, how could he tell he goes, you? Have not you tried to talk to him yet? Yeah. You know?
1: And he's like, <laughs> doesn't matter. Pretty soon we're going to be running this place. Yeah, that's right.
0: That's right. He's like, if this is the best they got, we'll be running this planet inside and six the, months. Then
1: the girls came to they like, the fuck you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I'd have to say that that field scene where the apes finally showed up was probably one of the coolest scenes of the whole movie.
1: I said, you know what it reminds me of? Which I bet yeah. you, I bet you they kind of got the idea from the Jurassic Park with the velociraptors. You see the cornfields, oh. and you saw the apes going through this, just you didn't see them at first. You just saw the sticks moving through.
0: Yeah, and you can yeah. see the
1: people running through, and the apes are coming from the side. Very much
0: like the raptors. That's that's very possible. I mean, that 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 could have been an inspirational scene, you know, uh for Spielberg or whoever's idea it was to do the Velociraptor scene like that. Right? I mean, I so. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty neat, you know. And, uh, these, uh, militant apes coming through were pretty cool looking, you know, they were all wearing like leather jackets and, you know, that
1: reveal, even as a kid, when I was like, like I said, before I even knew they could speak, but I was like, Mm -hmm. that was like coming out with the guns and you, like I said, in the leather outfits and the, yeah, was like, what, what the hell's going on here? I was like, holy, I was like, cause you waited a half hour to see these apes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically. They kept
1: I was like, so what am I going to, I was like, well, but when they say and that like, they drop, they pan in and they expand on the str- and he's on the horse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, as a kid, that was really impactful. I was yeah. like, holy crap.
0: Yeah. Then they started, uh, you know, they just started shooting at him. You know, like, at them. you know, I thought, oh shit. They're, they're just here to like thin the herd or something. They're just, they're just gunning people down, you know, uh, Dodge takes a hit. oh yeah yeah taylor finds him laying you know it's like that kind of sucked you know like uh you know dodge was you know pretty cool pretty serious up to that point you know he barely said a word since since the ship you know and suddenly he's dead you know and um um i guess you watch um uh landon do you get to see landon get grabbed I don't remember.
1: He gets clubbed with a rifle and he falls off the, oh, like the cliff off into the, the water. the cliff
0: thing, yeah. And, and that's then,
1: nothing. Then they were in the water and they were just clubbing people with the rifles. It was like getting violent. Yeah,
0: yeah they were springing up nets and they were like uh, riding up behind people on horses and like getting them in nets, scooping them up, dragging them across the ground. I mean, this was some serious business here. They were, you know, killing a few, corralling a few others, yeah. you know. And, and even when they them got up. back
1: to camp, like, and they showed you, they were the live ones they were putting in, but they had like the ones that were dead, just hung up,
0: strung you know, upside like, down. Yeah. On that, uh, you know, on that pole, you know, yeah. like,
1: like wild game. They just like,
0: yeah. Which made you wonder what they were going to do with them. Cause it's like, you know, they, they weren't like gutted or anything like that. They were just hanging up, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like, are they going back for research? You know, it's like, you didn't know what to think at this point. Like, like, for all we know, they could have been a food source, you know what I mean? Um, for the apes. Um, but, uh, yeah, but Taylor took a bullet in the throat or in the side of his neck, you know, obviously not life threatening cause, uh, cause he woke up, you know, with his neck bandaged in a bit. Um, but yeah, that was, that was one of the coolest things. Um, that that i can point out of the whole movie was was just that sequence right there where they encounter the apes for the first time the apes speak english i feel like that's a very important plot point here and i don't know why i don't know why wasn't that questioned immediately like well,
1: they could have spoke french i mean the guy that wrote the original book was
0: was french <laughs> That's true, but it's like I feel like there was clues, you know, that uh, that never got explored. And I, I guess maybe it's just, you know, we're making movies in the 60s. You know, this is science fiction. We don't have a way to, you know, mm-hmm. relay that we're speaking different languages at this point. You know, it's not like they're going to speak something. We're going to put subtitles up on the screen. So the people people would probably get be- very bored with that at the time this movie oh, yeah. was made. I. I'm assuming. I mean, Nobody but we do it all the time now.
1: <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants to see a gorilla say wee wee,
0: oui. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on, do bell. You know. Yeah. But I feel like uh like if this were real circumstances, like we would immediately question why these apes are speaking American English. You know what I mean? Because it's exactly what it sounds like. But uh but I guess we just have to accept that for Hollywood purposes, and and move past that, and still believe we're on another planet, right? Yeah. Um. So he he meets uh Zira, the uh, ape scientist who's studying people. Um. And I guess that she does. She's mostly interested in the behaviors of the humans. Although she is somehow connected to some of the experimental brain surgeries because they have mm-hmm. that discussion inside the 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 room where like, uh, well, they're just keeping them captive. Yeah. Um. And I don't understand, you know, why Taylor's character um, didn't try to do more charades because he knew he couldn't speak. And the only motion I saw him do with you know other than like you know widen his eyes, you know was this mm-hmm. he wants her to come forward, you know, and like a buffoon he reaches out and tries to grab you know yeah the, like you know where's the notebook she's holding you know <laughs> he's just gonna snatch it and he gets himself you know like smacked in the gut with this stick <laughs> shoved back That's against it. the wall. Enter Julius, my favorite.
1: He was probably my favorite person in the movie. My favorite eight because okay. he was just yeah, a yeah. clown.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How would you describe Julius? Is he kind of like a jailer? You know, like
1: a jailer. Probably
0: not good enough to be regular security, but they're like, you
1: know, <laughs> you're a douche. You just sit there and friggin' watch the watch the animals, and you could you could hose them down every now. and Like he walks around okay. with a cigar and. Like what a uh, <laughs> what an ass! <laughs>
0: yeah. That's right, that's right, and um, and they um, they have all these assumptions about the humans, which which of course is, you know, the reverse. That was one of the things I liked about this was was they often um reverse the roles between humans and apes in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, oh he's he's pret he's still pretending like he can talk. You know. But you know what they Is say, it? human see, human do. Human
1: do, yeah. <laughs> and Dr. says, obviously he's very good at mimicry. Because yeah. he's just trying to act like an ape.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I, I didn't understand why he didn't, you know, he was like this. He's like, yeah. You know, like, mimic writing. Can I have a piece of paper and a pencil? I mean, something like that, you know. Yeah. It's like, you'd think, like... Not to be gross or anything, but you think he could have found something to like write on the wall with. I'm not saying stick his finger in his poop or anything like that, but I mean he could have found would, something a, to write on the wall, you know what I mean? Anything I'd
1: put a big frigging crap message on the wall. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> but you know, he could have done several things and 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 he didn't, and that's just a limitation of the script. They didn't have him explore yeah. anything real. I mean, they took him to the, the, the outdoor thing, you know, I guess like kind of like out in the yard, but still in cages, you know, and he tries to draw in the sand whenever the doctor comes up. And then of course this girlfriend that they gave him, you well, know, but she was smart. Cause I think she
1: knew as primitive as she was, she knew if he was trying to communicate with them, they were going to mm-hmm. scoop his brain out like they did with everybody else.
0: Oh, I hadn't considered that, you know, I, I thought that she was just like, uh, she's like, oh, we're playing in the sand. You know what yeah. I mean? And <laughs> just like started mess- messing with it. And he like, he like grabs her and drags her away from it. And the other dude wants to kick his ass in there because he's like, hey, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. Um, And I feel one of the, one of the things that I would have liked an answer to uh, in this that, that we didn't really get an answer to, or maybe we didn't, I just missed it was why these humans were mute yeah they never they ever give an answer to that
1: no it's it's like almost like if they were like cavemen
0: yeah it's like uh, well that could be i mean it, it may be that that um there were so few that that survived you know that they they kind of lost their language yeah you know um a few generations pass you know and they but but they literally made no sounds whatsoever. They didn't make moans, groans, they didn't grunt or nothing. Coughs, nothing. I I didn't hear a thing. They were just completely mute. Like the vocal cords didn't work. Yeah. Um, so that that's always been a question in my mind why that was. Um, and um um, I just I feel like I didn't get a clear answer for that.
1: And this um, you get a first, you get the first time that you know Dr. Zayas is a dick. Because like yeah. he knew whatever he wrote, he saw he could write and he's like, he covered it up right away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dr. And Zayas then, uh, tried really hard not to that, show uh, his card.
1: With the gorilla and he's like, and the gorilla's like, what? what's Zero trying to prove? And he's like, that humans can be tame. And he's like, ha ha ha! Like they, like, oh,
0: cracks up. <laughs> yeah. I mean... There was definitely messages in this movie, you know, um, and big time, even surprising.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, shows you even among the apes, there was corruption and bullshit like Mm -hmm. that. And
0: yeah, Um, it was they changed the narrative, you know, like two apes, but it was basically all the same things that that people have done. Oh, definitely like uh trying to control people with religion, you know like like there's their sacred scrolls they're ancient scrolls that they had that they were quoting all the time you know, like it was you know some type of um you know like Bible or something like that yeah like, uh, um some ancient scripts that you know will with all those life lessons and parables that that there are like the they, they like the lawgiver He of... made
1: the apes and gave them yeah. souls,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, be careful. You know about having humans around. You know he'll ruin your his own property and yours. You know stuff like yeah. that.
1: He'll kill his um, brother to take his brother's land.
0: Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. So it was it was clear they they knew things. You know, mm-hmm. based on these scrolls, um, and it was clear that Doctor Zayus knew more than what he was saying, um, and. I think that um it was um this was very like politically charged, this was very like religious charged mm-hmm. um and this was about um control like, like yes, might might and control of a species, but not just controlling the humans, which they treated like livestock, you know, but control of the other apes themselves in order to have a peaceful society, so this was like just like a <clears throat> condensed you know um scope of of what we've been doing forever as humans
1: like the politicians the orangutans didn't want it they didn't want the scientists finding too much out or discovering too much they wanted right you know like i said because they felt like the more they found out about these humans the less control they would have
0: mhm and i think that's why like in the in the scenes coming up it's when they started having discussions about you know, heresy, scientific mm-hmm. heresy, where like if you uh, if you discover too much and you challenge our teachings and our laws, you know, like you are rebelling against our government. Yeah. Doesn't matter um, if you
1: could prove it or not. But you're mm-hmm. you're right. rebelling against what we told you.
0: Right. So so that's when I was like, man, this is a very intricate story. Um, it is like I was entertained up to this point you know until i got here and i was like oh shit i'm like that. They're, they're really you know creating a message here you know um and and people in power will take great pains to suppress something that will upset the balance and and i think that that's very clearly you know and effectively what what they were doing with this story um and so things are getting real for Dr. Zayas. He's getting upset about it. Yeah. He's realizing, um, you know, with, with the, the talking that um, Zira and Cornelius are doing, you know, um, and communicating with Taylor, you know, via written message because, you know, his throat's still fucked up. um, That, that, that this is going to put them on, you know, the wrong course. This is going to upset mm-hmm. the balance and he has to suppress it as quickly as he can. So like, they show him the paper airplane, you know, that that he made and said, oh, it floats on the air. And he's like, he's like, impossible. Like, he's like, bullshit, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crushes it up, throws it away. You know? Like, and they immediately um um he starts taking steps to take Taylor, you know, and do things with him. So, mm-hmm. um, he finds out what the hell did they say they were gonna? Oh, he was gonna be gelded. That's what it was. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure most people know what gelding is, but I always think of it in reference to horses, you know, or uh, other animals like that. And basically, you're castrating it. Yeah. You know, you're, you're taking a, a, a male horse and taking away its ability to reproduce. So, first thing they wanted to do was stop that. You know, they don't want to risk kind of any more of his kind.
1: Yeah. And meanwhile, they were promoting that first because actually, my 10 year old nephew even asked a little earlier when she brings Nova and they put her in the cage. She goes, Oh, hey, bright eyes, we brought you a present. My nephew's <laughs> like, Why are they putting her in the cage with him? I was like, I was like, He was lonely. I was like, "What am I <laughs> <think?"> <laughs> Yeah, you know. So, and and this blew me away. I'll give you a, a great trivia fact about Linda Harrison. Uh huh. Okay, as you know, uh, Richard Zanuck was the producer for this. Who did Jaws?
0: Okay.
1: Zanuck and Brown, Zanuck and David Brown did Jaws. When okay. This movie was being filmed. Linda Harrison was his was his mistress. He was married. Right. After this was filmed, he divorced his wife and married Linda Harrison. They were together for years. When Jaws oh, came wow. out, Zanuck, and I have the guy's name here, Richard Zanuck, had all plans for Linda Harrison to be Ellen Brody, the chief's wife. But I guess the president of the studio sid scheinberg was married to elaine gary and he was like he shot him down he was like no my wife's gonna be in it
0: <laughs> so
1: i said that i i mean and you know how much i love jaws i i yeah. think i would have liked linda harrison better in the movie than Elaine <laughs> Gary. <laughs> that's just me yeah
0: wow it's funny how uh how much decisions are influenced by oh dead yeah, <laughs> by your 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 moves uh, behind the scenes yeah you know? it's
1: I was like wow I was like thats true really... he was like nope my wife's gonna be in, not yours uh-huh
0: uh-huh yeah so you can just find another one <laughs> so uh, okay. so yeah he um Taylor gets upset. He overhears this, realizes he's gonna be gelded, um, and they go to take him out of the cage. Of course, he fights back. You know, manages to to slip out. He goes running around. He he doesn't know which direction to go. He keeps running into apes everywhere he goes. You know, he's not throwing up, fruit at him. <laughs> yeah, he slips into what looks like a church. I mean, there's a sermon happening there, and he's just in there kind of like skulking his way through, trying to avoid, you know, the uh, the militant apes that are following him. You know, some little kid rats him out. You know, he shoves the kid and he takes off running. You know, <laughs> goes outside again. They start throwing shit at him at the market. You know, they, in come the horses. They're whipping at him, you know. And uh, the... he
1: runs through the museum.
0: And he yeah. says they have
1: like a museum of humans. Yeah. And then he runs past one and and it's Dodge.
0: Yeah. And he's like all
1: stuffed and.
0: That must have been super upsetting. Another one of those compelling moments in this movie. Like and it and it doesn't give you a clear idea about how much time has passed. You think it's just a couple of days. You know what I mean? But it's it's probably been a little longer than that. It's probably been a couple of weeks, you know, that he's been in this captivity because he's been, you know, healing up. He still can't talk, you know. Um, and it's taken him some time to gain the trust of his captors to try to communicate via, you know, writing, you know. So I guess they had time to stuff him and put him in the museum. You know, it's just absolutely creepy to see him standing there with his, you know, blind-ass-looking eyes, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, that was, um, yeah, he was...
0: Yeah, so they take a shot at him. Dodge damn near gets shot again, and um, uh, he takes off out of there. Um, and he ends up having some some hand to hand, you know um altercations outside, you know, where he's just trying to slip being taken away again and um and damn it, those slick apes don't just throw a net down off of like a an <laughs> upper area and get him and then they just jump right off the back of that uh that, that cool. jump down yeah, and... yeah, there's like three or four of them. You know, and he just goes straight up into the air, and he's suspended in this net. So that was a pretty cool looking scene.
1: Oh yeah, you yeah, know. probably one of the best lines in movie history.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You're Charlton heston comes paws in. off
1: me, you damn dirty ape.
0: Yeah, one of the most memorable lines. You know, oh, this was cut. like this was you know overacting paradise for Charlton Heston here. You know, what I mean, he had several of those lines in this movie.
1: Yeah, you know? and he ad libbed that. I read somewhere it was it was very simplified. It was supposed to be just like get away from me you smelly ape or something like something yeah. like that. And yeah. Put that yeah. extra flair on it. Yeah. My nephew <laughs> loved that part too. He was like I said there's no way anybody could watch that movie and not get floored by that scene.
0: <laughs> yeah. Even all the apes faces they're like oh <laughs> <Like>, yeah. <like, laughs> yeah. And that that seemed to change. That seemed to change everything. Um, they they no longer um, had any thoughts at that point of taking him to be gelded. They throw him back in the cage. Take his, you know, hit him with the fire hose then take his girlfriend.
1: I wrote so, that. Day, yeah. Julius yeah. is still being a dick. He's like <laughs> with the hose and he's like <laughs> dancing while he's, doing
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Taylor's, you know, uttering some bullshit. I can't understand what he's saying, you know, but they pull her out, you know, and they stop the hose for a second, and he tries to rush forward again. He hits him with the hose again, you know, and that's where he's like, it's a mad house! house! A bad house! <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean, like, overacting heaven Yeah, like for John Hesson. No wonder he wanted to do this. He could be as, you know, like, over the top as he wanted, you <laughs> know?
1: I was like, "Look how smelly you are!" I would not think you'd welcome the bat. That'd be like fucking, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah right, right. You think so? But he was just—he was just pissed that his escape attempt didn't work, and he was still in trouble, you know. And um, and he just—I think he hated that jailer, uh, Julius or uh. whatever his name was. Um, uh, but things calmed down, and he has that little. Conversation, you know, with himself, but directed at Nova, you uh-huh. know, where he does a little bit of an exposition of the original space mission. You know, yeah. this is where you learn that um, Stuart was supposed to be the new Eve. Eve, this in turn raised a new question for me. It's like, okay, you got four people, only one of them's a chick. All right. You're not going to have very diverse genetics. Like, and within just a couple of generations, there's going to be inbreeding.
1: Oh, yeah. Like,
0: I really feel like this wasn't thought out very well. I mean, no. it's, it was it's kind of going to be like, you know, Amish culture or something like that. You know what I mean? It's going to be Where Like it's wrong like, turn. Yeah. You don't have enough people, <laughs> right? Yeah. you don't have enough people to diversify the gene pool. You know really. what I mean? And ultimately you're going to have all these birth defects, you know, and, and, uh yeah, it, it just it didn't work. I mean it was a cool idea. I, I'm sure it looked great on paper, but you know, like but now today not, thinking not well about it, I'm like out. I'm like, there's no way this would have worked. No way. They needed <laughs> another idea to keep the uh the genetics diverse. You know, even even if it was something silly, like they were gonna do it in a lab and they brought all these, you know, like um Samples with them that are in cryogenic stasis or something, you know what I mean? To like maybe keep yeah, the, the gene pool diverse, you know what I mean? Like, but it, it just wasn't that complicated of a script, you know. So we have to accept it at face value. Yeah, this would have worked, you know. Four people, you know, you know it repopulating was the 60s. A planet. Everybody was
1: high. Nobody get, you, know, <laughs> you know. Like we don't have to be that accurate. They'll buy it.
0: Yeah. So. So they take him out of there again and they have kind of like a tribunal, it seems. You yeah. know what I mean? Like um like uh, like a trial, you know, or a hearing. Um and Which is uh, bullshit
1: too, because they won't even let him speak. It's basically yeah. just the orangutans just saying what they want. And the president is James Whitmore.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. He was from the Green Mile and uh Shawshank Redemption. Yes,
0: yes. I remember him from Shawshank. He was the guy who fed the crow. Yeah. He played Brooks. Played Brooks. That's what it was. Yeah.
1: And, uh, every time Charlton Heston wanted to speak and he was just like, silence him. (laughs) He was was what kind of hearing is this?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's like when the discussion got a little bit too heated, you know, and the, uh, and Cornelius was just slinging a few too many scientific, you know, uh, Backs at them, stuff that they didn't want to accept. I'm sure you caught it. I mean they they made it plain as day that they did the um, um, they had the the three orangutans you know do this oh, shit. Yes. One of them did that. One of them like kind of covered yes. his eyes a little bit. The other one like cupped his hands over his mouth. I'm like, really? They, they... <laughs> We're gonna do the see no evil, <laughs> hear no evil, speak no evil with the yes, with that's... the freaking apes. That's... <laughs> So that was kind of cool, but they were a little obvious about it. Um, um, But yeah, uh, they were trying them basically for scientific heresy. Uh, They had no care in the world over Taylor um, because, you know, being a human, he had no rights under ape law. So he just, he was just there because he was, Part of the problem or part of what sparked the issue with these two scientists. So I feel like I'm reading that right. Um, but they they did want to explore his story a little bit about landing with other people, you know, because they did establish that he accurately described the forbidden zone, which is where they came from after they crashed. They that trek through the desert was all the forbidden zone, that's where apes aren't allowed to go. That's why the scarecrows were up. That's basically the boundary. You know nothing comes in nothing goes out you know cornelius uh was doing like archaeological digs in that area with permission from the from their government Yeah. so um but he's like he accurately described it he was there because i've seen it you know and um um so they're like okay um he says there was other people with him you know let's let's bring the other uh, humans that were collected at the same time we got him. See if he recognizes any of them. They did that. He sees Landon in the group, and he walks up to him just to turn him to the side to see the his head shaved over here with a big freaking U shaped scar on his head. And
1: Zayus knew that too. That's why he's like, "Let's go, let's go find him." Yeah, because he know he's yeah he knew what they did to him.
0: So even though you didn't see it, you have to assume that Landon was speaking. And trying to communicate with the apes, yes. And Zayus immediately squashed that shit, um, and had him lobotomized. Um, and and that was a crazy realization for for Taylor's character. You know what I mean? Another one, another zinger. You know what I mean? See, Dodge dead in the museum. Now you see Landon with his lobotomy scar on the side of his head. You know, realizing
1: there's less and less hope as you. <laughs>
0: exactly that he's now the last one you know from that expedition then he gets mad at Zayas, tries to attack him and of course he's subdued and you know taken back and um so he does end up having a private conversation with dr Zayas, um and dr Zayas kind of just explains to him you know the way things are you know and that they're going to be tried for heresy. They're probably going to go, you know, go to jail for a couple of years, but they'll be fine. You, on the other hand, you know, we're going to emasculate you?
1: <laughs> yeah, really.
0: And it's... and uh, basically do an experiment on your brain. So he's like, I'm going to be just like Landon. Um, and, and this is all an effort to keep the truth hidden. You know, the truth that, you know we basically haven't seen yet you know and they keep referring to um you know the scientists cornelius and and kind of keep referring to taylor you know the fact that he can speak as the missing link you know between humans and apes because they have Mm -hmm. this evolutionary theory that apes evolved from humans you know which this complete you know backwards scenario you know to it's what like a few what we of have us now believe people in this that, kind of, you know this world yeah you know
1: believe in the evolution of man some people believe in adam and yeah. eve it is <laughs> yeah
0: exactly but of course you know cornelius and zero zero they're just like no, nope. we're kind of going to jail anyway you know we know that uh, the odds are against us right now they cook up this scheme to to spring taylor from from his uh his captivity um and uh, that
1: scene is great because Julius yeah. finally gets what, what he what he deserves the whole friggin' movie. And it's by <laughs> Lucius, the young kid. Yeah. Yeah. We're taking them yeah. to the zoo. Yeah, it's this pretty order good. ain't even signed by Dr. Zayus.
0: <laughs> and he just clubs That's right. him. Yeah. Yeah, he shoves but him back against is, the cage.
1: He has the cigar in his mouth, and Taylor holds him and he knocks him out. And when he sinks yeah. down and he's on the floor, the cigar is still out in his mouth. It like didn't even fall out.
0: <laughs> so
1: they must have liked to effects department must have like glued it there so we could
0: yeah or maybe it was just just stuck to the rubber lips or latex or whatever oh we didn't didn't really talk about the makeup in this Uh, did you want to did you want to say anything about that I mean because for the time it was pretty impressive looking the makeup I mean is
1: I think I mean and even from the documentary a lot of today's effects they like it was groundbreaking yeah I mean it was nothing you saw in 68 they looked great they look like apes yeah. they didn't look like phony apes they look they, everything looked like monkeys and and around orang- yeah. like the features were and i think i told you when we spoke the other day it's like the guy john chambers he did a, he's done a lot of things yeah i mean i just just i was browsing <laughs> through some of the stuff he did i mean mm-hmm. i mean he did all the planet of the apes movies he's done uh did he worked on Blade Runner, Halloween Two? Uh-huh. I mean, Island of Doctor Moreau. Nice. Oh, that makes sense. He's worked on uh, actually on Jaws, and he's been on a lot, a lot of major movies. Yeah, and yeah, he was known as a hard ass. They were like he was like a no nonsense, and, okay. and like I told you, they had to make a lot of apes. And so mm-hmm. he goes, I had to hire a lot of people, but he goes, I didn't want like these effects guys coming in. And well, I'm going to do my own spin on it. He goes, all the apes had to look the same. Yeah. And he goes, so he designed the prosthetic process and the painting process. Like he, he, he said it like a color by numbers. So okay. no matter who you were, if you followed the, dis- uh, the description and the instructions you were given, the ape would look the same. Right, right. And funny enough though, they said when okay, because it took so long to put this makeup on, yeah. the actors and actresses had to eat with the makeup on because they right. couldn't take it off. And he yeah, goes, "Too much was of funny pain Enough ass. was the apes, the gorillas would eat together at lunch. The orangutans would sit together, and the chimpanzees And he goes, "It wasn't like it was supposed to be. It just happened. Yeah. It was like everybody yeah. stuck to their own groups."
0: That's so weird. <laughs> and,
1: and then because it was. Getting to be like a lot of this is funny. They say this in the documentary. Uh It was so hard to eat with that makeup on; like food was getting caught. Uh There's a scene one of the gorillas was on like one of the the buggies with the cage on the back. Yeah, and he went to say something, and like the jaw like sunk and like fell, and they're like, "What the hell's happening with the makeup?" He said when they took the jaw off, there was there were peas in it. It was like all peas, (laughs) like make it into his mouth. And they were like and they were like, that's it. Nobody get now from now on, everybody gets shakes at lunch. And that's what they were making, like shakes so people could drink out of straws.
0: So I could just imagine a guy like taking a spoon, trying to stick it into his mouth, it just falls into the (laughs) process Like out of a spoonful of peas, he probably got like like, "Ah, one in his mouth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. I'll save them there for later. (laughs)
0: Just but, grab you know, a handful and just dump them all in, you know?
1: And, and and they said it was, like, 100 degrees, and, like, a lot of time they were filming in Arizona with that makeup uh-huh. on, and they said that's why all the other movies were filmed in colder months.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, it would have been horrific. They said yeah. it was
1: so brutal with the makeup and just... Yeah. Another funny thing about, uh, in the original, uh script the female apes were all topless and fox squashed that they're like yeah. okay
0: i was
1: like we yeah. want this to be on tv you know eventually gonna be yeah. we can't have big tittied apes running around so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that, that was probably a good idea you know and and just think of all the you know uh, weird, like uh, ape kinks that they just stopped from happening. You know, with oh, with the time. youth of that generation. You know, oh what I mean? yeah, you know, unrealistic expectations for women. You know what I mean? Ah, She's not time. hairy for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: uh, and you know funny. they they made a mess. The composer that did the score, uh, Jerry, what's his, Jerry Goldstein? Yeah, he did the score with an ape mask on to better. It into the field so he had a mask <laughs> made for him too. and there's a quick that's that comes in the documentary of him there and he's composing and he's got this gorilla mask on fucking yeah hysterical.
0: that's awesome <laughs> oh that's but but yeah that was really good makeup because the actors were actually acting in it like um it wasn't inhibiting their dialogue it was um articulate enough that like it yes. could show expression like their brows would move, you know. It wasn't what I mean?
1: like you could hear the voice coming out and the mask wasn't moving. You actually saw movement right. in the face.
0: Yeah. I right? mean, if you re- really looked, I mean, the the mouth movements did a little bit of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But for the most part, you know, it articulated with the actor and it was, that was pretty, pretty amazing looking, you know, because yeah. you expect it to sound muffled, you know what I mean? And for the most part, it really didn't, you know, it, you really got, uh, you got the expressiveness of the actor's voice and you and you didn't get um, very much muffle or garbling of their speech. So I was pretty uh, that was pretty impressive. Even if you did it now, I would consider it to be impressive. It
1: was. I think that makeup yeah. holds up to a lot since done yeah. today.
0: Yeah, because I see, you know, movies made now. Now, typically they're lower budget, but I mean. Movies made now where like the actors have a mask on and talking through the mask, it's all garbled, it's fucked up, you know what I mean? It, it's like it it's not as good as that. Um, so I mean that it's that was revolutionary for yeah. the time. And, and it still John stands James in.
1: won an Academy Award for his for that makeup.
0: How insane is that? He's you one of the I mean? first
1: guys to and actually his assistant, uh what was it, Tom Berman? work with him yep. and for life and everything
0: yeah
1: um he is the one responsible for actually getting the effects category in in the awards oh before it was acknowledged
0: okay I think it was
1: 82 I think it was and I think the first person to win it was uh, uh as American werewolf in London Rick Baker
0: yeah that's a uh... That's a familiar sounding name. So, yeah, no, uh, yeah. now that you mentioned that. Rick Baker. Yeah, now that you uh, mentioned uh, that, Rick Baker is big. Um, yes. His name and comes that's why up I liked,
1: I, a, I just drew a total friggin' blank.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. It's such an, an easy name, first,
1: name too. <laughs> he was the first one to win that award in that category that they brought out because uh, yeah. the guy who worked with John Chambers on the Planet of the Apes.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that uh Yeah, I didn't realize that uh it wasn't a category before, but I guess they must have just been doing it for like performances and you know like uh um, directors and and writers and things like that. You know, Yeah, and That's cool that uh that this movie caused recognition for, you know, makeup artists. That's uh, Yeah. Yeah? It's pretty spectacular.
1: Well, and I'll tell you, it it has the fact, the test right there that my 10 year old nephew, Mikey, watched this with me, because when I make him watch stuff like that, with me, he's like, whatever. He's like, this is this is garbage. Like He doesn't has no interest when and you could see it in his face because I even watched when, you know, he watched the beginning. When you saw those apes, his like face, he was like, whoa, he's like and he heard them talk and every, like it caught his attention. He, he watched that whole movie. He didn't like sometimes he'll get bored. And, and I said, it's very visual. When yeah. The makeup is good.
0: Yeah. It's a very visually interesting movie. Um, Definitely. Even though I, I didn't see any like, um, like super amazing camera work other than when they're doing like wide shots and aerial footage yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, the, they did really, you know, cool stuff with that, you know, whenever they're doing outdoor stuff. Um, like I know I noticed uh at one scene they did some foreground and background you know what I mean where um there was there was depth to it based where people were standing you know um but um like the indoor shots I think were a little less yeah you know, they were lackluster in my opinion like they Nothing have like special, one yeah yeah one or two camera angles you know what I mean that's and that's all you'd get like no no real close ups a lot of the time, unless they wanted to to do something like his madhouse line. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, or your or your damn dirty ape line. I mean, to get yeah. some close ups for things like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was that uh, that was competently done. You know, I'd say that that they could have been a little bit more interesting with the way they they shot it. But no real complaints. I mean, it did everything it needed to do. Yeah. Um but yeah, where'd we leave off? They're escaping they, uh, to the forbidden zone.
1: Lucius helps Taylor escape. They knock uh Julius out, and now and of course he wants to bring Nova with him. He's like, No, they didn't they said not her. He's like, Well, I'm taking her. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, what are you gonna do? Say no, she's yeah. coming, you know? <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah, they they meet up and and he just he's just not listening to anybody. He, he's like, I'm getting the hell out of here. You know, uh, thanks for get, letting me loose. You know, I really appreciate that. He said, but I don't plan on getting caught again. You know, yeah. so like they start taking a trip into the forbidden zone. Um, and I think the general destination is where his archaeological dig is like because they seem to naturally wind up there. So mm-hmm. maybe they went there on purpose. You know, I'm not really sure. I think he wanted to see it. Um, and um, of course, you know, Dr. Zayas isn't, he's no dummy. You know, he knows, he knows where, where they're going. That's where yeah, he going. knows
1: exactly where they're going.
0: Yeah. So they're not far behind. You know, they have some lame ass firefight, you know, uh, he threatens Dr. Zayus with the rifle. He's like, one person gets hurt, you're the next one going down, you could trust that, you know yeah um, and they have this conversation you know Um, and he's like you know what, I want to help he said, you guys save me I'll try to save save you from being executed if you find anything in that cave that, that uh, proves you know um, what they're trying to say, you know you let him you let him off and and he's like well of course I would you know whatever like yeah. <laughs> um, and they go into the cave you have this whole thing about oh well I found this over here found this over here this is this old this is that old the funny thing is the stuff that I found here that was 700 years older than that you know was more advanced you know technology than the stuff I found over here you, you know found, uh... They found glasses, eyeglasses, and and uh, dentures. Yeah, and an artificial heart valve. You know. Valve, uh, yeah, yeah. So and Charlton Heston was like, you know, he said, "I don't know if these people were like me." He said, "But they had all the same weaknesses. You know, weak hearts, weak eyes. You know, um, and um, and maybe the one theatrical thing that didn't make a lot of sense was Nova knocked over the baby doll." And and it made the mama sound. Mama sound. I'm like, how fucking old is that doll? Is there yeah. any way in the world that that stupid diaphragm in there would even be remotely even... <laughs> intact you know, to, to make that sound? But sure, they did that. He's like, you know, uh, and he's like, um, you know, do you know apes that would make a human doll talk? And throws it out. And, and I'll give Zayas credit. He was like a dick to the true end. He goes,
1: But that doesn't prove nothing. He was, like, exactly. like he was just, he was just, he yeah. just stayed true and true. Like he was like, Nope, I don't, I'm not buying it. Yeah.
0: Couldn't make that guy waver at all, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, so there's like gunfire outside. You know, they run out to find out that their horses are being, you know, chased off and, um, um, the kids in trouble, you know what I mean? Um, But he had, he had actually set off the the shots to warn them. And of course they're getting shot at from up above. They're trying to kill Taylor. He manages to cap off one of those apes. Um, And then not a bad
1: shot with that M1.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, And I was like, Hmm, I don't know, but I mean, maybe. And um, I thought um, that was
1: cool too. They were all, I read that they're all modified M1 Garands.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, um, I had wondered a little bit about that because I, I knew that it had to be something semi-functional, you know, because it did have an action on the side, like a semi-automatic. And They said um,
1: they, uh, they made the woodstock cover more of the gun, so it looked more wood than gun.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. And that would make right? sense because that would have been a popular rifle to be around at the Back
1: time. Back then, yes. That's... yeah.
0: Uh, cause that would have been all leftover World War II, Korea, you know, right? just like military surplus stuff that you'd be yeah. able to get your hands on easily. Very. Um, so, and then, yeah, like they do with so many other futuristic movies, they just take something that already exists and they modify it to look like, you know, something more modern or futuristic, you know, like Han Solo's, you know, blaster and, He's you know, the German Star Wars Luger. movies. Exactly. You know, um, or the, uh, or the the weapon that Harrison Ford uses in Blade Runner. You know what I mean? That was something that existed as well.
1: Right, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. So he fakes him out. He acts like he's injured and needs help. You know, that's <laughs> when Dr., Dr. Zaius is like, oh, fuck it, throws the... Yeah, you know, this is all wrapped up. You know, walks outside, gets a gun in his face. And he's like, got to he does kill a great right acting now. job
1: of acting like a bad actor cuz that was just yeah. "Sarah, Cornelius, help me." I was like, "Why yeah. do you sound ridiculous."
0: I know. <laughs> uh, but like uh but he did that so he could take him hostage, which he didn't have to do that. He could just go right back inside and point the gun at him. Oh, you know yeah, so you... <laughs> Like what was the point of the ruse, you know, to get the other people to stop shooting, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but anyhow, he used Dr. Zayas to negotiate to get um, um, supplies and a horse so that he and Nova could leave. So he thinks he's leaving the apes in uh, uh, like uh, Cornelius and, and Zira in good shape. Like, well, we proved what we were going to prove. You guys are fine now, you know. He's got Zayas tied up. He's getting ready to leave. You know, he um, he goes and, and tells uh, Doctor Zero that he that he wants to kiss her. You know, and uh, <laughs> but and, you're and she's so like, ugly. He's just like okay, but you're just so damn ugly.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, and uh, and this brings up another question, like. uh, Just in general, I mean, uh, if you were in a a situation like this, uh, uh, Mike, if you had your preference of any animal that uh, that you would kiss goodbye, what uh, what animal do you think would be the most kissable animal? Like, would you choose an ape or a chimpanzee or uh, would you go with something else?
1: I'm trying to run through like every animal girl (laughs) slash animal. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I had asked my wife that earlier, and and she said, uh, an eater, you know, because you because they got those great tongues." And I'm like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I'm like you're no help. That's not funny, you know. <laughs> I think yeah. we had
1: this talk one day in one of the chats.
0: Yeah, we might have, we may have done I that. Think... Yep. So I don't know. I I would probably. Yeah. Um, but again, I would, Taylor's probably... not
1: even, Taylor's not even around the bend yet. And Zayus is like, you two will both be tried for heresy. Blow up the cave. Yeah. He's like, fuck. Yeah, you. that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: a... exactly. He went back on his deal right away. He's like, you can forget it. Like immediately. Like, yeah. So, uh, like immediately the wheels start turning where you're like, okay, well, he's going to send men after them. Because, you know, there's no way he's letting him go. He's got a head start, you know, and he tells him, hey, you know, be careful how much looking you do. You might not like what you find, you know, yeah. which is him tipping his hand again to let you know that he knows more than what he's saying. Absolutely. You know, so well, he, he knows told,
1: he, he said it to Taylor before he left. He goes, I've known man has been here. Mm-hmm. He, You know, he goes, I've waited for this day a long time.
0: Yeah. And I
1: dreaded it. It was something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And that's why I honestly think he doesn't want to kill Taylor because he's like, you know what? This guy's drove me. He's been busting my balls this whole fucking movie. Let this asshole go and find out what the hell his people did to this planet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he knows the truth. Zayus knows the truth. And he's part of the cover up, you know. It's just confirmed at this point. He's, you know, with this with his ominous phrases and the fact that he's still trying to be part of the cover up. He's going to try them for heresy. You know, he's going to send people after him. But but this is basically the the end of the movie where they go up. You know, they do and This was actually a pretty artful shot, I thought, where well, they time. show they show the spires like just moving into frame. You know, um, or the or the points of the crown, um, and he and he hops off of his horse in disbelief, and he's like, "I'm home," you know, and and then he he really gets upset, and he that's when he like drops down into the sand. He's like, Yo, maniacs! "You maniacs!" You know, blew blow it up. <laughs> it's like, Damn you! Damn you all to hell! <laughs>
1: so again, and and again, one more. The reveal, the reveal has no music at all. Yeah, some. And you look back, some of the best reveals in movie history. When they take the music out, I think it's mm-hmm. ten times like, like Frankenstein. Yeah. Like when you when you first see the monster come out of the. There's no music. You just, and they just pan in on him. 10 times scarier. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with this. It was like, there was no music, no nothing. You're like, what the hell is he looking at? And and you get that pullback and it's like, yeah. holy shit.
0: Yeah. Immediately recognizable, you know, upper part of the statue of Liberty. Forget how long it's been. You know what I mean? It, like, the fact that it still exists is a little suspect, you know, but like it drives its point home. It's very poignant. It's very, you know, um, upsetting. As soon as that realization hits you, you're like, he's on Earth. You know, that's what he's talking about. And he's upset because his own people are what caused this. So mm-hmm. so humans destroyed themselves and the apes evolved to take over. Um, And it's a really cool little movie. Um I can understand why it was as popular as it was. Um, I, um, I don't know. Um, closing thoughts on the movie. I mean, you want to, you want to rate, rate the movie. Uh, somehow. Um, I This is high on me. only because this has the childhood factor
1: and that's what I'm saying. This, yeah. it has like two impacts for me. Cause you have just forget about the story, the impact it had on me as a kid. It was just, like I said, gorillas running around on horses shooting guns and, like, that alone. Now you watch it as an adult and you see all the the story, like I said, the politics and the religion and, like, all the stuff going on that you never knew as a kid was going on. So, this is high for me. Like I said, this is a childhood favorite of mine. I love the whole franchise.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get uh, we'll get to talk about the other ones too. I mean, uh, I'd like to explore this a little further.
1: Yeah. Um, no, we, uh, if we do them one at a time, it would be. There were so many versions of this movie when they were making it. Like I said, you yeah. had the different endings. You had, I mean, we we didn't even mention that Rod Serling was the original writer for this from the oh, Twilight Zone. Oh, right.
0: Right, he had done and, something like thirty drafts for this movie,
1: and he was getting. They, I guess, they felt like he was getting too far fetched and making it more like like a Twilight Zone movie,
0: which it kind of yeah. is.
1: The kind of irony, yeah. But then they brought in Michael Wilson to, yeah. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100 sure what was actually kept from Rod Serling. Yeah, you know, you know, even but like I said, the book, the apes, it wasn't primitive. It was very advanced. It was like right. the apes living in society now. Right. And the people were like apes and they were originally going to go with that line. And then they were like, you know what, if we make it primitive, you know, it'll cost a lot less, you know, they're making apes into being in a city, you know, scene and as opposed to just being, we could go to the desert and, so I mean we could have gotten a lot of different versions of this. Yeah. Yeah. And um I'm happy with the outcome. Like I said it's been a
0: favorite of mine for years. Yeah. Well, I um I dug up uh, a um, review checklist for myself and I I went through it. I have several different categories. I'm not going to go through them um here while we're talking, but I th- I think I might post them later. So, that, okay. you know, people could see the the criteria that I use, like whenever this episode comes out, I'll probably put this out with it so yeah. that uh, people can see it. Um, and, you know, not that anyone's going to care, but but I, I wanted to get a little bit more scientific about how I rated the movie, you know, okay. so um, I. I. Um, I did manage to give this a a score of uh, 22 out of my 30 criteria points. I did give it an extra two points because I thought it was a thought-provoking movie. So I gave it a wild card factor. Um, That's fair. So 24 out of 30, so it's basically 80%. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. So I think this is an awesome movie for being made in 1968. I can't believe they didn't do more with it. Uh, If I'm being honest, I have a feeling that if this movie had been made, you know, 10 years later, 20 years later, that it would still be super prevalent today and we'd have crossover films. You know what Um, I mean? Because somebody would own this franchise and a studio would buy it up with something else that they own. And next thing you know, we'd be getting, you know, Star Wars mixed with Planet of the Apes or um, you know maybe planet of the apes meets aliens you know what i mean oh. like there could be so many cool things that that they could they could do with this and and i'm i'm actually kind of sorry that it didn't happen you know what i mean <laughs> but i mean there's still hope for it somebody might be able oh. to buy the rights to planet of the apes again and and uh, the right studio get a hold of it and maybe do something like that but but yeah well, there's a yeah. new
1: one coming out too yeah yeah, another one uh, with this you know, with the new series. Uh-huh. There's another one coming out.
0: Oh. They're gonna have like Mark Wahlberg or something in it or uh well, Frank.
1: He was in the one remake. <laughs> okay. Which I actually liked. Okay. And then uh, I liked the other ones too, but then they started a whole different series. The mm-hmm. ones with uh James Franco in the first one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do have to go back and watch those. Yeah, well, maybe we can talk about them too. I'm. Um, um,
1: you never have to push me on Planet Earth, <laughs> even the new, even the new ones.
0: I enjoy them. That's cool. Yeah. So do you uh, do you want to give this a rating out of ten? Is this a nine out of ten? Ten out of ten? What are you thinking here? Just just to not give it a ten, I'll go
1: nine out of ten because like there's right. a lot of emotion and invokes a lot for me. Brings me back to a happier time, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, and
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like I said, I could watch, it's one of the, one of the few movies. It's like, like Jaws. I, I watched it last Saturday. I watched it again and I didn't get tired. I could throw it on now and sit there and enjoy this movie. No. And I just watched it twice this week.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just one of those comfort movies for me. And so I'll go nine out of 10.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yep, no, I understand the nostalgia, and uh, so uh, if you made it this far and you haven't seen this movie, shame on you, go check it out. You know what I mean? Shame and on we, you, we just spoiled the shit out of it for you, so there's no surprises left. Um, but uh, watch it anyway. Um, Sorry,
1: we spoiled a movie that came out in 1968. But- yeah, I
0: know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um yeah thank you for joining us for the inaugural um episode of the scream until you like it podcast you know i'm clint i'm gonna leave i think i'm gonna leave with uh my favorite line from this movie you know but i know you're in favor of roy scheider's line from jaws so i'll let you say that i'm gonna say get your sticking paws off me you damn dirty ape
1: and remember to smile you son of a